You're now tuned in and listening to the Pleiades Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Pleiades Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dolben. On today's episode, we discuss all things baseball, coaching, teaching, life, and playing the long game. My guest today is Kyle Wagner. For those of you who aren't familiar with Kyle, he's a native of South Central Pennsylvania. He attended Redland High School, where his love of baseball began. He was a part of the 1990 state champion baseball team. He then attended Wake Forest University and spent one year in the California Angels organization. Since then, Kyle was able to continue teaching the youth about the love of the game while coaching both Redland High School baseball team from 2001 to 2008, as well as founding the Go Wags Travel Baseball Organization and training facility located in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. He's the author of Greenlight Hitting, as well as the author of his most recent work, How the River Cats Won, Lessons on Relationships and Competition. Kyle, thanks for joining me today and sitting down to discuss your latest book. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. If you don't mind, I want to dive right in because there's a lot I want to talk to you about with the latest book. Um, So let's get started. Uh, Give us an overview on what the book is about and why you wanted to write the book. So um, I had an idea that I wanted to write this this book for a while. I didn't necessarily know the angle that I wanted to take, mm-hmm. but uh, the more I thought about it, uh, I, I think um, our our the the human instinct is to compete and to develop relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that's inherent in all of us, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think so many times those two things are at odds. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to, to share a message about relationships, and I wanted to share a message about competition, which are so important to all of us. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it in a compelling story. And uh, for the most part, um, you know, he, hearing a message about a, a, a young team that, that had success is compelling. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to uh, pull people in with that story, but then I wanted to retract the lens and talk about bigger, broader messages that I think are applicable to all. So, you know, on the surface level, it appears to be a book about a, a baseball team yep. and their successes and, uh, and, and, and their struggles, of course, which are true for all teams. But on a much broader perspective, uh, when, you, when you get into the book, I, I think rather quickly you realize that uh, it's applicable for for teachers to mm-hmm. to to business folks to to, to parents to mm-hmm. to everything and uh, I had a ton of fun doing it. I had a f- ton of fun telling the stories of the boys that I coached, mm-hmm. um, reminiscing, reflecting, all of that. So, I, I, to to me, the the favorite thing right now is hearing what resonates with different people as they read it because it yeah. it's you know, different things resonate with different people. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great thing. And it's one thing I know I talked to you about whenever we were discussing. You messaged me, all right, did you finish the book? You, you know, looking for that feedback. And uh, one reason I liked it is because there's a lot of times you can just pontificate on ideas and this is kind of good on paper, but when it comes down to the execution of it, does it really work? Does it play out as well as it does maybe on the paper? Well, no. And then it was nice that you could take, you know, as you kind of discuss in the book, uh, one of the, the terminologies you use as the inside and outside view is you could kind of go in uh, that macro, here's an example of it, and then, you know, step back and this is how it could, you know, apply or be applicable to other situa- situations and other teams and, and stuff like that. So... All right, so one of the, the themes throughout is the imagination versus precision. Um, you kind of had it, and I talked about before we came on. Um, why is it so important to develop a student or athlete's imagination? 
um, in, in your perspective as a teacher, you know, coach, uh, even in the context of the book, for those who may have not, you know, read it yet, uh, the importance of imagination. The, uh, you know, I, I think in general, uh, we, all, we all find ourselves in different aspects of life, but at some point, uh, you start to go down a road where you learn things, and in many respects, you find yourself being an expert in that field. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with respect to me, uh, I, I suppose, you know, my strengths lie in, in baseball and education, things of that nature. So I, the, the more experiences I gain, uh, the, the more confident, I suppose, I become in, in what it is someone should know. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're a coach, uh, you want to you wanna communicate those things to your players. When you're a teacher, you want to communicate those things to your students. Yeah. Uh, the, the risk that we run is that those experiences lead us to believe that that our present day is is so important and and we need to grow our students and we need to grow our players mm-hmm. and it is so easy to forget the mindset of that student mm-hmm. and that player and yep. the imagination game is is just reinvesting in that beginner's mindset and when you first come uh, to anything really and and I, I suppose uh, the example I use in the book is is when you when you get to an island yeah. and you and you become the explorer. It, yes. It's so exciting to see new things, and and it's it's the role of the student and the and the and the player to explore on his own terms and his own timeline and his own pace. And that's what imagination is. You you dream of what could be, mm-hmm. and then you 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 explore it on your terms. Uh, and and while you're exploring, you're failing, and you're and you're learning, and you're growing. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, what, what I believe happens is the, the teacher, the expert, the coach, uh, because, because uh, the, it's been such a long time since he's been that student or yeah. that player, he tends to forget that mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose it was uh, through my failures that, that caused me to reflect and, 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 to, uh, and to coin that, that imagination game versus yeah. that precision game. Yeah. But... Um, I, I, I know from experience when I was always at my, uh, my darkest and my most painful moments in life, uh, some of it was in minor league baseball, some of it was in coaching. Uh, now, unfortunately, I, I see it in the eyes of my students teaching. It's, yeah. it's, you know, we need to reinvest in that imagination and that love. Mm-hmm. I, when, you know, when, when I, I say in the book that the, the, the only metric used to determine the quality of a coach or a teacher is are they excited to show up yep. to practice? Yes. Uh, I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. If, and and that, that truly is the imagination game. It's, it's you know, when, when we place growth ahead of love, mm-hmm. uh, we might not see that failure in our time, mm-hmm. but we'll see it eventually. Yep. And I, I think that's a big disconnect with coaches is that, the the obsession on pushing uh, eventually sabotages the, someone's love mm-hmm. of the game, and the imagination game is simply a recognition that uh, the the soul of the of the baseball player uh, begins with the love of the game. No, I I think that's great because uh, we see it too often. Whether it be uh, a musician who started out and then they start to get that fame, and they forget what sort of drove them in the beginning. Um, any type of any you know, artist or whatever you want to say, you know, athlete, that same thing. You, do you remember why you started and kind of go back to that, you know, little kid just playing in the backyard and stuff. 
Uh, and then also, like you said, just the importance of having fun showing up. Because at a, a certain point, if it's not fun anymore, it's either time to recalibrate or, you know, maybe quit. You know, well, ultimately, it, as sad as that may be. Or, and and yeah. un- unfortunately, it, it, it when, when those feelings manifest in the present, it, it's, it's often too late. Yeah. And the, the, the idea is that, you know, in the book, How the River Cats Won, here I was, I was a coach of a, of a young travel team, uh, 10 to 14 years old was the time frame that I had them. But ultimately, I knew that the game, the future for them was going to exist outside my time frame, that yes. they were going to have their, their success for a high school coach, for a college coach, and hopefully a professional coach. Mm-hmm. And I knew uh, through experience, yep. uh, you know, I, I was a, a former professional player, not a great one, but mm-hmm. but but one where I knew that um, the the precision game is so demanding mm-hmm. that um, if if you don't play the game for the love and if you don't mm-hmm. cater to a young player's imagination, it's not a matter of uh, of, of of if they f- mm-hmm. if they fail, it's a matter of when, you know, yeah. or, or I, I guess I said that backwards, when, yeah. but if, you know, yeah. so. Um, the, the, it, it, you have to be really delicate with managing the, the imagination while you're pursuing the precision. Yeah, it's and just like everything in life is a balance. You yeah. know, you can't be too on one side or the other because uh, then you, you that's typically not where the humans reside. They're always somewhere in that middle. And, you know, that fine line of keeping the imagination alive, but then also leading them towards precision so they can keep honing in and yeah. developing their skills. If you could have your students walk away at the end of the semester or at the end of the school year, or on the other hand, in this instance, your athletes at the end of a season, what message or takeaway would you most wish they learned? Let me think. Um, well, uh, you know, in, in the, the fifth inning mm-hmm. where we talked about a common goal is uncommon, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the beauty of, of sports is that you're, you're a part to a whole. And when, when, when you play this game, you, you dream selfishly, but you participate unselfishly. That's a theme that I share throughout the book. So, you know, what would I want them to know? I would want them to know that their personal goals are, are critical for long-term health, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's those goals that we selfishly have that drive us and motivate us. Mm -hmm. And, and we never want to dismiss those because, you know, oftentimes those are the reasons why, we, we, we run to practice because we want to challenge boundaries and we, and we want to, we want to be great. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, uh, when, when you come together as a team, invariably there's going to be a coach in your life that's mm-hmm. going to ask you to sacrifice for your teammates. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the, the goals that we, we set are, are fulfilling they they sustain us, uh, through, through challenging times, but, um, achieving that goal uh, is is very hollow if if it's a if it's a personal selfish goal if yep. you if you achieve a goal with teammates uh, that ultimately is is where you're going to find your greatest your greatest success your greatest honor your yeah. your greatest um, you know your greatest glory when you mm-hmm. look back over your uh, over a lifetime winning yeah. with your with your teammates so the message I would want to share would be one of uh, those individual goals are important. Yeah. Those those team goals will be the things that will you'll cherish for a lifetime. Yeah. And even if you have a, a great team, and again, this is the the reason you compete is to win. But even losing with a team that you 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 have that camaraderie with, that bond with, you you could lose every game. But as long as you're you know ultimately the right goal, you have yourself you know selfish personal goals. 
but the big picture goals and you're, you're fighting together. You released in the trenches together. Yeah. You, you left it all on the field. Uh, you know, obviously you, you want to win it ultimately, but yeah. And, and, um, in, in many respects, you know, and, and, and I know you've read the book and, yeah. and at, at the end where I make some connections to education, oh, yes. I, I do think that that is one area where athletics really has it up over education. Mm -hmm. Athletics really promotes uh, team concepts and and coaches can promote sacrifice. And sacrifice is such an incredible life lesson that Mm -hmm. that we need to learn as quickly as possible. Uh, and, And yet in education so much of what we do is just is it's is selfishly motivated yeah. and and I don't mean to imply selfish is wrong mm-hmm. I, I just mean that we 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 aren't measured on some of those skills that we know are so valuable for life mm-hmm. the humility the empathy the yeah. the the courage the you know th- things things that um, that we know are are critical for long term growth. We mm-hmm. d- we don't have a way of recognizing in in our buildings. Yeah, no, and and it's one of those things. Looking back on, on high school, as I was walking in, you had to remind yourself, how old are you again, Tyler? You know, thirty one years old. And and the other thing I liked about the book too is looking back as the lens of a student. You know, because you tie that in towards the end uh, and throughout the book at that point, and then also as an athlete. And you know, again, I'm not that old, but you know, I still like to reflect a lot in my life is to see instances where. Oh, maybe I did learn this that applied to the business world or, you know, as I post college and, and start to interact with in the real world, get into uh, corporate America and then take a step back and, and work at a startup is those instances that sports subconsciously told me, you know, certain lessons that weren't able to be taught in the in the classroom. Um, and vice versa, stuff that I learned in the classroom that I wouldn't have, you know, been able to learn on the baseball field, even though there's some tieovers. So, yeah, I, I love that. And, and just that reflection period to, to look and see, all right, what in, in sports uh, gave me those skills, uh, you know, that, again, intangible stuff that I wasn't going to learn in the classroom. Right. Or if I was, it, it was going to be tough, you know, right. especially in the modern sure. modern landscape. So. Uh, as a teacher and coach, your average interaction or relationship with a student is very short and fleeting, uh, anywhere from like one to six years, maybe more if, if, if you're lucky. Um, as time has given you a chance for perspective and reflection, what do you think would be your greatest compliment from a former student or athlete years later? Uh, this can be a real example or imagine like, ah, if, if somebody came back and told me this, it would be like, that's, that's my goal as a, you know, a coach or a teacher educator. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the we we create and, and one of the things that I talk about is we create artificial finish lines, mm-hmm. and when we do so, we we think that when you cross them, you know the the, the prize was won, and mm-hmm. and we do that uh, in the end of school years. We do mm-hmm. that um, by awarding championships and and. Um, you know, prizes that are set are, are prizes to be won. So I, do, I don't want to dismiss the fact that, that winning things isn't important. It yes. is important. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, minute you set, you met, the minute you set a target, uh, sometimes the target compromises the, the process, yeah. that all of a sudden the, the win becomes more important than, than the process. And mm-hmm. um, w- when, I, when I talk about an inside view and an outside view, uh, I, I think – Ultimately, that that's where the disconnect happens. It's that when when we are in charge of a team, we develop an inside view, and winning uh, takes precedence mm-hmm. over a lot. When yes. when we're in charge of a classroom, uh, we 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 want to we want to um, 
have our students do what it is we want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so to answer your question, what would, what would I be most satisfied with? Uh, things, things that always apply to the long game, things mm-hmm. where uh, a player would come back and, and say, so you, you, uh, I, I didn't necessarily know why we did this then, but you know, when I got into college or I got into pro ball, it was obvious you know, wh- why, why you let me fail and yeah. why, why you, you taught us in this manner. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, sometimes it's, it's difficult for mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16-year-olds to appreciate those messages in the moment. Yeah. Uh, so you know, wh- whereas you might need a, a compliment or a pat in the back now, sometimes you, know, y- y- you realize they're just not in a position to realize why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the student, mm-hmm. it's always just... Uh, you know, I, I love coming to your class. I, I liked, I liked our interaction. I, I you know, I, I tell them all the time, uh, five, 10 years from now, I, I won't have any idea the grade that, mm-hmm. that I gave you, but I will remember your empathy, mm-hmm. your humility, your yeah. courage, your curiosity. I, those, those are the things that travel with me. Yeah. So, uh, since I value them, I suppose that would be my, my greatest compliment is if someone recognized those skills, um, years years from my time with them yeah no and it's one of those those uh quotes that i always love it, it's attributed to mark twain but i've done research because it's one of my favorites so i, I did a little digging and apparently it, it gets attributed to somebody else i can't think of the gentleman's name but don't let schooling interfere with your education and you know in as long as you have that student or the athlete's best interest in mind exactly is you know, yes, the grade, they're judged on those grades. They're judged on the wins and losses. But if you're giving them those skills, the building blocks of life, like you said, that they can come back to you years later and say, you know, coach or, you know, Mr. Wagner, like, oh, I just loved it. I, in the moment, I may not have got it because, you know, you're dealing with the, the high school. We knew everything, you know, right. myself included. We can all reflect back and, and laugh and say, oh, I, I knew everything at 18. And you look back at 31, you're like, I know nothing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's a, a great insight to have because, as long as you're giving them the foundation, the building blocks, the skills that you know, uh, you know, aside from the wins, aside from the losses, aside from the A, B, a D even, as long as you can see something that you're giving them those skills that will take them for that long game, right. I think that's that's a great, uh, great perspective. Uh, there's a lot of teaching and coaching similarities. Of, I've kind of already asked them in, in some of the questions here, even though the book is obviously uh, through the lens of the River Cats. Um, uh, but there's a lot of similarities and crossovers in the book. What's uh, maybe one thing you've noticed over the years that has made you a better coach because of teaching? And then uh, what's made you a better teacher because of coaching? Uh, so th- there's w- one of the, 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 uh, the quotes that I've, I've come to believe is true is attendance doesn't imply consent. Mm. And what that means is uh, with, without, without choice, um, we we are just left guessing someone's interest level in our material. Mm-hmm. So the, the, when, when I have players show up in uniform, um, and I talk about this in, in the book, mm-hmm. the, 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 the three doors through which I see, yep. uh, the, the, the first is the, the actual door where yes, they show up they're in my presence. Yep. Uh, that's easy to evaluate this. Mm-hmm. The second is the attentional door. Are they giving me their eyes? Mm-hmm. And then the, and, and the third one is the intentional door, which is ultimately the, the door you want them to cross over through. The intentional door um, is where true progress can be made. And your, your, your athletes walk through that door more often than your students. Mm-hmm. Your, your athletes 
off. I mean, they do. They choose their yeah. sport. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so they choose their sport. And, um, you know, if you surround them uh, with with good players and you, you create an environment where they can flourish and, and fail as appropriate, uh, you can you can get them to walk through that intentional door and really make some good progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the biggest challenge uh, as, as a teacher is many of the students that are in my presence mm-hmm. are in my presence without choice. Yes. Uh, and, and without choice, getting them to go through that intentional door, I don't want to say is impossible, mm-hmm. but I am going to admit that it is one of my greatest challenges yeah. because I can, I can get them to put their phone down and stare at me, mm-hmm. but ultimately they control if they listen to me. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 as long as, as long as, you know, I, I teach math. So mm-hmm. in that respect, mathematics and baseball are both skill acquisition topics. Yeah. You need to demonstrate competence in something to, to prove worthy in it yeah. uh, and, and it builds on it. So I, you know, if, if I'm a, if I'm a sixth grade math teacher and I don't develop the skills of the students, then when they become ninth and 10th graders, they're not in my presence yeah. But in, in many respects, they haven't developed those skills. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so much of it is a choice-based concept yep. is we can't get those or we struggle to get those students to walk through that intentional door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we set up artificial finish lines. And then three or four years from now, we're questioning why their skills aren't developed. And it, to me, it seems self-evident why they're yeah. not developed. It, it, we, they're, 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 not, they're not interested in the material uh, and then, and then we don't allow for skill acquisition in the yeah. short term, and then the the long term simply gets compromised. No, I I love that part of the book as well because again, you, you nail it on the head, and we can all see those instances, both personal and you know maybe friends or uh, family members that we've seen uh, throughout the years, or you know schoolmates growing up is you know they were in the desk, they were there. Uh, you know that they were there and they were looking at you, but that intentional door, I think, is is a great one. And you always have a what's the other saying? You always oh, say intent, intent precedes content. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, I, when I heard it that way and, and going through those doors, uh, it really kind of just took that quote because I always heard you say it, and it's one of those. Sometimes you just need to hear it or understand it from a different perspective, right. and then that's one I think when I saw those doors and could almost imagine, imagine that coming right. through um, and seeing somebody, it really kind of drove that, that point home uh, for me finally. Right. Um, Cause I always heard it and I kind of understood it, but I liked that analogy and that perspective to see, you know, yeah. the three doors. Um, yeah, that was, that was great. Uh, if you were giving a, given a magic wand to fix one thing, what would you fix and why? Just one thing? <laughs> yeah. Or, th- or three. No, well, uh, like like coaching or Coach, yeah coaching and then if, if you want to tie it into to yeah. teaching as well but um one of the the themes that i talk mm-hmm. about is is never let the task get bigger than the idea yeah. okay and we all of us we, in in order to make money for our families we we get assigned a job or mm-hmm. or we're fortunate enough to get a job and make some money and that can be validating and addicting and all of that but um a a, a job often has a, a task assigned with it and, and goals assigned with it. And then the, the more often you, you do those things, you tend to forget, why am I doing this? What is the idea behind this? And unfortunately, so the, the, the answer to your question is, mm-hmm. if I had a magic wand, what I, what I think 
would be so beneficial for for all people, coaches, mm-hmm. teachers that 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 are, are that are tasked with serving our youth. Yeah. Is that if we could break down the silos that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. or the the barriers? Yeah. In, in other words, y- uh, you know, every every day that I worked with the River Cats, mm-hmm. I knew that there was going to be another coach down the road that was going to inherit these boys, yeah. and everything I did was designed to make sure they got a healthy, passionate, um, skill-based player. I mean, I owed it to them to develop them, mm-hmm. but I, I certainly didn't want them to be broken because of my message, yes. okay? And, and um, when, when we work with our youth, right now our youth have often four, five, six, seven, eight adults in their life that mm-hmm. think their thing is the most mm-hmm. important thing. Yep. So if I've got if I've got six educators, all with an inside view on their curriculum, if I've got a a, a coach and 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 you know today's pressure to to multiple sport, you know now add add three coaches mm-hmm. add 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 parent pressures. You mm-hmm. you've got you've got social an all, media social media yeah. for sure oh, the gosh. perception. Yeah. So you've got all of these pressures weighing down on on our youth. Mm-hmm. And and it's this silo effect that causes so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. And and the the adults that I interact with on a daily basis are generally, I mean, you have to be compassionate to get into education. I really oh, believe that to be true. And 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 most coaches are compassionate. Mm-hmm. But when you don't see what's happening in the lives of the students because they're not in your presence, it's so simple to just ignore it and forget it. But mm-hmm. Uh, I, so that, that, that's a, that's a, a paradigm shift for me where if, if, if I'm honest with myself and someone were to say to me, Mr. Wagner, are you aware of how much work they're getting beyond your classroom? Mm-hmm. I have to answer that honestly. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I don't know how much work they're getting, I'm, I'll, I always err on less. Mm-hmm. And, uh, truth be told with respect to skill acquisition, uh, I, 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 as a, as a coach, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to see them work on their skills in my presence. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we live in a, in a technological age and, and with respect to what I teach mathematics, I mm-hmm. mean, if I give them 10 problems in the evening, they can get the answers without doing it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, they can do that. Yeah. So in many respects, it, it becomes a deception game as to what I, what I allow. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the trust component might get fractured if I question them on that. It's just, so uh, more and more, I'm just I, I'm skeptical of of practice uh, mm-hmm. outside my presence mm-hmm. in in that regard. Uh, with respect to coaching, the silos are popping up because we have um, we have training facilities yep. that that work with pitchers and they work with hitters, and then you've got the the, the travel coach and the high school mm-hmm. coach. So y- you have. You have all of these adults that 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 um, I don't want to say send conflicting messages, but mm-hmm. it's it's possible, you know. And if it's possible, that probably means it's happening, yeah. and uh, and that creates a lot of anxiety in the lives of our kids. So yeah. if 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 I had a magic wand, the wand would probably break down all the barriers. No, I think that's a, a great thing. It is and it kind of the theme I even heard for some reason while you were explaining the silos, and I'm sure we can all to a couple different degrees agree with that you know even personally or seeing it you know in 
friends and family, co colleagues' lives. Um, it, what I, for some reason, the thought popped in my head is a switch from IQ, focus so much on those those goals and those lines, and EQ, having a little empathy for somebody else. And it's so hard because, like you said, there's so many of these silos, these pillows around in their lives that we don't see, and we just come in, hey, um, no, you get this amount of homework for my class, or I'm going to have you do this amount of work, uh, let alone in the back of that person's mind, they're worried about, uh, you know, they're not even there again, but and it ties into that, the right. three doors. and. Well, yeah. if, and if I could just add here, you know, oh, yeah. in, in the seventh inning, when I break down the, the team structure, yeah. we, we the, um, the when I was a coach, generally, you know, the, the coach does have a hierarchy above him, whether yeah. it be uh, a, a, an athletic director or a school principal. Mm -hmm. So he, he is certainly accountable to people above him. As mm -hmm. I was, you know, head coach of, of a travel organization and I owned the 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 organization yep. so i i suppose i i was acting uh more more out of love than out of fear but i i fear that uh, many of our educators many of our coaches sometimes do things out of fear from above than love from below and and you know so i i am because i get i get my students for 54 minutes a day and there are many times that I, I think to myself, okay, so here's what I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. and here's what I want to do. And, and, and if, if we can't adapt a message to the emotions of our students, mm -hmm. ultimately we're going to fail our students. Yep. But a lot, of, a lot of people can't adapt to the emotions of a student because they're fear, fearful of not doing a job well done. Mm -hmm. you know? So... And, and I'm 19 years into the profession. Yeah. I, I would never have said this nine years into the profession. Nine yeah. years into the profession, mm -hmm. I, was, I was set on becoming a good teacher and doing yeah. what was appropriate of me. And, and now, um, probably because I have children yeah. that are this age and, and you know, we see the world through the eyes of our kids. Yes. And, and I'm, just, I'm just tired of, of seeing our youth mm -hmm. uh, put, in, put in positions that aren't most beneficial. Yep. And um, when, when a kid walks in and he's just taken two tests or uh, you, you, see, uh, you see that he's struggling with a, with a breakup of a girlfriend, mm -hmm. which happens for 17-year-olds oh, yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, meeting, meeting the emotional needs of your students mm -hmm. oftentimes means uh, foregoing your job. Yeah. And, and, and if, if you're fearful of the consequences from above, mm -hmm. uh, you're often, you often can't act appropriately in the moment. You, you bring up a great point and, uh, uh, I'm great. I'm excited to hear your answer. Uh, since you didn't have a quote unquote accountability or a structure above you, the hierarchy to hold you accountable and you run a travel baseball organization. And, and most oftentimes that comes with a, a financial, you know, they have to pay to play to a certain degree. Now you have the expectations outside of a parent. Why is coach doing this, this, and this? This is when I w wouldn't do. I've been watching social media. I've been watching YouTube videos. You know, I'm sure there's stress and, and stuff coming in that as well of, you know, keeping their expectations. But it sounds like, and I want to hear your perspective when it came to the River Cats, how much trust you had from the parents who ultimately had uh, certain expectations and, you know, interest in mind, not only their kids, financial, you know, all the above time, yeah. even investment. You know, the, the I, I, I guess 
You know, I, I see it from the, 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 the athlete's perspective. I see it from the parent's perspective. And I certainly see it from the coach's perspective. And the, these silos are dangerous because the, 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 when you take an inside view on your particular job, you, mm-hmm. you lose sight of some long-term goals that families have. Yeah. And one of the things that I was always sensitive to because I, I, I constantly w- was, was seeking the best players. I mean, mm-hmm. truth be told, I, yeah. I, I wanted a good team. I mean, yeah. I, I wanted to develop these players for the long game. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I owed it to them and their parents was uh, I, I constantly kept them abreast mm-hmm. of how their boys were developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you, you don't wait for a parent complaint yeah. to do it. I think so often coaches feel like, well, if no one's complaining, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not true. And I talk about mm-hmm. that in the book, too, yeah. is that if you want to do this right, you have to recognize the long-term goals of every athlete. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest with them where they're at in the present, mm-hmm. uh, what they need to work on for the future. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you need to be upfront with them in all aspects. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think in, in that respect, mm-hmm. w- one of my strengths probably was my transparency yeah. with, with how I approach that team. And so many of the, 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 very, um, the very difficult decisions, you know, that, that falls on a head coach and he mm-hmm. has to make it. And, and some of the, my most stressful decisions were parting oh, with yeah. players when, when the time was appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mentioned that right away in the ninth inning, um, parting with a player, which was so yeah. painful because you develop relationships. Yeah. A- and yet, and yet, you know, when, when you're being upfront and you're being honest, mm-hmm. those, those are things that, that need communicated. And, and I think, uh, so, so often, uh, w- coaches are afraid to say what needs to be said mm-hmm. that they do more damage in what's unsaid, gotcha. you know? So I was hypersensitive to, to a, uh, a super, super transparent, uh, framework for the river cats. No, that's, that's a great, and it, it's, it kind of ties in, uh, in a weird way. The phrase, uh, the cover up was worse than the crime. It sort of mm-hmm. comes to it as, you know, no news is good news. Well, no, let's, let's be open, honest, transparent. That way, if, if there is an issue, let's address it before right. it starts to fester right. and deeper and deeper. I'm so. going to steal that quote. I love quotes. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to give, I want to open up to you here towards the end. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add uh, before we finish our conversation today? Uh, you know, somebody who may have read the book or maybe uh, a compelling case of why somebody should uh, uh, pick it up and, and read it. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would like to say in closing that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hear things in the moment and then as we live our lives, we tend to forget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, and I mentioned this, you know, you, you, you challenge things, you get people to, to at least nod their head and agree. And yet we go about our daily lives and we, and we can't make change. And then we wonder why. And then we find ourselves in these habit loops, as I refer to them. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the best thing that we can do is is find time to think, mm-hmm. you know, and and the 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 future lies with the people that can make connections. Yeah. And so often we are just running scripts. Mm-hmm. We we don't we don't give time for ourselves. Uh, we we do our job. We wake up. We we hustle around. We do our job. We we jump in the car and and before you know it. You know, you, you, yes, you have done things, but have you been productive, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. I'm constantly 
wary of just doing things for, for, for doing things sake. Yep. I, I want, if we're going to do things, I want to be productive. I don't, I don't, I don't want to waste time. I mean, it, it's too valuable mm-hmm. to waste time. And, and, uh, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm interacting with, with my students, like I, I want to, I want to, I want to be present. I want mm-hmm. them to be present. I don't want to waste each other's time. And, and, you know, one of, one of the entire reasons this entire book exists uh, was because I just got tired of not having time for myself. So I said, um, Jocko Willink, who's an who's a author of um, Discipline Equals Freedom, yep. you know, he wakes up at 4.30 and he goes on Instagram and he posts the time of his watch. And, yep, every morning. You know, I, every morning. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, I, I took, I took uh, baby steps and I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know, you, you do it for a week and for the first week it's hard. And then the, the second week it's, it's a little bit easier. And then now it's just, it's just, it's, it's a good habit. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a good habit. And I could not have done this if I didn't wake up at four thirty. And I'm not saying teenagers need to do that. Teenagers yeah. need sleep, yeah, but exactly. I am a 46 year old adult that <laughs> yeah. doesn't need a ton of sleep. Yeah. So I can, I can get up early and, and getting up early was the impetus behind so many, um, so many better decisions, a quality of life, mm-hmm. productivity. And, and we, we, you know, with respect to young people, you know, I, I hate to bash on, on technology, but it's a habit loop that our kids run mm-hmm. and, and they, they, they just get addicted to these rewards that, that, that are so attractive mm-hmm. and people are tying into left and right. Yeah. And we're not thinking, and and I, I honestly believe the future belongs to those people that give them so, give themselves time to think, mm. and um, that would be my one message: is is you know just just slow down and and break away, yeah. however it is you can do it, and mm. and think, and 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 uh, you know get into your own thoughts, and 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 run if you're a runner, and mm-hmm. and read if you're a reader, and mm-hmm. yoga if you're into yoga, yeah. whatever. But yeah. just give yourself time because any, any more, uh, our our time is all scheduled for us, and yeah. and that's that's a danger. I yeah. believe that's a danger. There's one thing, and uh, I wanted to bring it up, and you kind of touched on it. I thought you were going there. I was like, oh my gosh, I asked the question that I I wanted to hear him answer. Is the other thing I think too is, and I don't want to speak for you, so I'll. I'll let you know where I'm going. Um, when you were given at the coaches clinic, when I ran into you last, um, you said something that I think is, you know, par for the course that so many people we forget. We read this book, we set it down, it sits on the shelf and we go back to our, our scripts, mm-hmm. our everyday loop. And I remember you saying like, what I say here is just as important as actually implementing it, you know? And I, I just think that's the same thing I worry about, you know, only for myself, right. you know, it's such a good book, but what can I do post reading something when you get that moment of inspiration, uh, to act on it and to, to m- break through those barriers, to make sure you execute on it. Uh, because other than that, it's just kind of pontificating and puffing yourself up, making yourself feel right. good. But until you get into the trenches and, and start really breaking through, whether it be your own belief system or, Forcing yourself to get up at four thirty right. in the morning. Yeah. Well, I and um, yeah, I I think and this is one of the quotes. I, I think all bad decisions come down to overvaluing the present. Mm. Okay. We overvalue the present. Yep. We undervalue the future. So, whenever whenever we get so wrapped up in the now, we're we're bound to make a decision that we regret in the future. Mm. And and I think 
that 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 speaks to to that point of how do we implement something because if given the choice between doing work and not doing work well not doing work is more pleasurable yeah. of course why would i i mean i yeah. don't want to do work yeah. you know but but it's it's keeping that that broad perspective understanding the long game why mm-hmm. am i in this thing yes of course it requires some discipline and 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 saying to ourselves you know, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing now, I'm doing for my future self, yes. you know, but we, we so often sabotage our future self because we overvalue the present. Mm. And, and, uh, if, 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 you know, if, if we don't, if we don't recognize that tomorrow's around the corner, well, of course I'll do what's fun today. Yep. And, and now, now some people, some people aren't in a position to, to think about their future, you know, as a, as a teacher and as an educator, many kids show up and, and, this is something that I talk about in the book, that mm-hmm. idea of a survival system. Yes. Oh, you yeah, know, I the, love that. The, those, those survival systems that we enter, I mean, many, many are authentic in nature. I mean, mm-hmm. any competition is a survival system. Absolutely. But when, whenever, whenever you set a target and then, then not everyone is allowed to enjoy the prize, yeah. eventually you're creating a survival system. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, in, in a survival system, you either get kicked out or you are allowed to quit. I mean, you don't have to play the game of baseball until you're 30 if you don't like it. Yeah. Right. But in some survival systems, when when you don't have an out and you mm-hmm. can't quit the survival system, uh, kids show up just fighting for their next breath. Yeah. And and when you're fighting for your next breath, the, the future has no value. Yeah. It has no value. Yeah. Why? Why? Why should I discipline myself today? when I don't care about tomorrow. Yeah. And I, and, um, I, I, the experiences that I've had with some of the students that, that I interact with, mm. you know, they don't want to be told how to discipline for tomorrow. They want mm. to be told, here's how you can survive for today. And mm. we need to be so hypersensitive to, to those survival systems. Yeah. And, and are we, are we setting unnecessary targets that are causing anxiety in kids' lives? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, Back to the beginning, when I talked about the book, you know, relationships and competition. Yep. I, I I I tell people that um, I, I am I am one of the more competitive people I have ever known, and mm-hmm. and if if there's a game to be won, I want to win it. Mm-hmm. But the irony of this whole process was that the 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 survival system of education, like the reason mm-hmm. I believe that that it's our biggest problem is because mm. I was so competitive to find it. Mm. Right. Like yep. we, we, we don't, the learning is not constricted by any, anything like yeah. if every single person on this planet can mm-hmm. enjoy the act of learning. Yep. Okay. Now not everyone can win, yeah. but everyone can learn. Mm-hmm. And the minute we make learning a competition, we create a survival system. Yep. And that survival system have they, it has people fighting for their next breath at the end of it. And, and I honestly believe that is, that is the, the critical component that needs recognized in, in, in our, in, in these buildings in Mm -hmm. education is because, you know, every river cat that I coached, if they came up to me and they said, coach Wagner, I'm, I appreciate your time, your effort, Mm -hmm. but I'm done. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go to basketball or I'm going to go play football or I'm just going to stop playing altogether. Mm -hmm. I would have gave them a hug and wished them well, you know, but in, in our buildings, we we it you know we we don't we don't acquire the necessary skills but we don't allow them to quit yeah 
And then what do we expect? Mm-hmm. We, we, they, they find themselves fighting for their next breath. Exactly. And I feel for them. I feel for them. And, um, you know, so, so you know, that I, I don't know if I was gonna, uh, going to address that yeah. here at the end, but yeah. I'm sure glad I did. No, I, and it's one of those themes. There's a couple themes throughout the book. And I think the other reason I, I enjoyed it so well is, uh, as you were talking, it kind of clicked in my mind why I liked it, is there's so many, uh, in college I took a, a major called interdisciplinary arts, is how are these seemingly unrelated subjects, disciplines related or interrelated mm-hmm. too? And kind of if you think about it like a Venn diagram, but it's not just left and right. There's all these circles and they overlap right. and, and ultimately they have, you know, all this, the survival system was one of them, you know, the inside the outside, you know, a couple that we've talked about uh, throughout the, the podcast here, but uh, I think I'm glad we, you know, touch back on that subject because survival system was one of those I didn't want to forget, right. um, but we almost did there. Um, so I'm glad you touched on it because again, we can find ourselves putting a survival system where it, it doesn't necessarily need to be or need to occur. Correct. And then we set up those, those boundaries, those goals. Um, the one it made me laugh in the book because we can all uh, relate to it to a certain degree and ties back to the running scripts and stuff too, is the story you told about going to the grocery or grocery store or the convenience store, right. coming home, forgetting it. You go back. <laughs> I, I thought of, I thought of, I had the same instance, uh, you know, going into a sheets. I needed a bag of ice paid for it. So happy get in the car on our way. I forgot the bad guys. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, we can, we can start to create those arbitrary goals, running the scripts in a survival system when it's not, we're supposed to just enjoy the ride. Um, but yeah, let's not forget though. We do need the survival system in certain instances. Well, and where it is. And yeah. And, and yep. I think, you know, that that's, that's the love growth cycle, yes. you know, in the yes. ninth inning, we talk about the love growth cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, we, we're, we're not put, put on this earth just to sit and stare at each other. Mm-hmm. Like we have stuff we got to get done. And, and um, and that's 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 very important. But but in the end, there's only love. And, and that's I sort of begin with that theme and I, and I end with that theme. And yeah. it is important. I mean, yeah. you know, never, never let the task get bigger than the idea. And, and, and the idea, you know, is is we're in this thing together and we're all fighting our own fight, mm-hmm. you know. But but uh, but when we enter those survival systems, hopefully, hopefully it's by choice and hopefully you have a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Kyle, uh, thanks again for sitting down with me to discuss your book. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, tell the listeners uh, what to expect from you, where they can find you on the social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I know you have uh, your accounts there, and you, yeah. you post regularly, at least on Twitter. <laughs> and I always enjoy it. I'll wake up, yeah. and uh, I'll see some tweets and uh, like them, and, and just to see the insights for the day. It kind of starts out the day uh, yeah. excited. Uh, so Twitter, it's mm-hmm. at GoWagsKyle, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, Instagram is OurCatsCoach. Um, and are we going to, do you want to do that? Do you want to yep. talk? Yeah. So yeah, th- those yeah, are the, those are the, yeah. those are the two platforms yep. mm-hmm. that I spend most of my time on, uh, the Twitter, the Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, how the river cats one oh, right. Twitter account. All right. Now yeah. We'll too. make sure to, I'll yeah. make sure to link all that stuff okay. in, in the description so people can, Perfect. and as well as a link to the book, you yep. know, so they can find that easily yep. as well. Um, and also we wanted to discuss here now, uh, and wrapping up the podcast, uh, Kyle so graciously decided to give away, uh, was it 10 copies? Ten, ten, yep, 10 books. Um, yep. so for the first 10 people to respond to this upon hearing it, uh, once we put the podcast up, uh, all you need to do to win your free copy of the book is send him an email at gowags.kyle at gmail.com. G O W A G S dot Kyle K Y L E at gmail.com. I'll put that in there for 
you know, in the description. I won't tell necessarily what it's for, but there's people who listen to this end. Uh, so all you have to do is send a message. We'll say just River Cats, I guess, is the subject line. Sure, sure. River Cats, uh, and then you're just the information you need, uh, just name, address, I guess. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, perfect. Um, so the first 10 people to do that will get a copy. Uh, you can either keep it selfishly or uh, give it away because we were discussing that before we started. And I, I really like that idea, sort of the pay it forward uh, or maybe a little bit of both. Read it and then and send it on uh, to somebody who, who you know will uh, benefit uh, and appreciate the book because uh, I think there's a lot of value and insight to be had. And it, it touches on your point just to read through it, reflect, sit back with your thoughts you know, maybe not rush through the book as, you know, sometimes we, we make this arbitrary line, oh, I got to read this book and read a chapter, mm-hmm. reflect on it, read the next chapter, because there's so many themes that tie together, big picture, long yep. game. Right. Um, but I love each chapter and its message. Uh, and then it, you know, with the whole the whole picture, it just ties together, I think, really well. And that's why I like it, but I don't want <laughs> yeah. to well, influence I anybody. That. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. Awesome. Again, thanks again. Appreciate it, Kyle. Yep, thank you. As always, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes as they become available. You can listen to the Pleiades podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and of course, Anchor. If you found this podcast interesting, feel free to leave us a review, share it with your friends, families, and colleagues. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or future topics you'd like me to discuss, email me at tyler at Thanks again for listening. See you on the next episode of the Pleiades Podcast.